to Real Talk Sports with Rico. Today's show, we are talking about week one of the NFL preseason. We'll also be talking about some of the rookie QB performances, and we'll be talking about the NFC South and my predictions for this year. Uh, you know, we had started the show with the NFC East last week. We're doing the NFC South. We'll be going through each division as we lead up to the eventual Super Bowl champion, in which I'll be predicting that as well. So before we actually jump into the content, let me first and foremost thank the sponsors out there for putting sponsorship on the show. Let me go ahead and thank Anchor for being our platform. You can find us there on Anchor and you can also find us on YouTube. Those notes will be in the show notes below. And I also want to thank the fans out there for chiming in on a week to week basis and listening to the show and helping us drive content. So without further ado, let us jump into the NFC South where we will be talking about each team here. And I will be talking about who ultimately I think is going to win this division. This is an interesting division to me because I think that each team is in a rebuilding state. And I would have to say that this might be one of the, I think, downest divisions in the, in the NFs in, in, in the NFL can get that out, but I think it's going to be tough for anybody in this division. So let me go ahead and throw up some graphics here. We're going to go through each team guys. And so let me add it here. We'll be starting with the Panthers here. Um, so you're seeing right now with the Panthers, you know, I think it starts with them defensively. You're looking at Shaq Thomas here. I think he's going to be uh, a, an integral part here, the defensive unit. And I think that if Carolina has a strong point this season, it probably starts with the defense. I think that they have the most continuity there on the defense. When you look at the linebackers that they have between Burns and Thompson here, these guys can absolutely fly around the football. And keep in mind that with Coach Wilkes, they were actually in the playoff hunt. Um, it just it, it came down to a win here, a loss there, and they just couldn't pull it out. But Carolina very much had a heartbeat last year. They just couldn't get it done. But, I mean, I think that the defense was probably what they were hanging their hat on the most. So, you know, between uh, Shaq Thomas here and some of the corners that they have, the defense is going to be solid this year. Um, moving forward with Carolina, another thing to take a look at is the quarterback play. Obviously, they just got Bryce Young. And you saw Bryce Young. He went four of six in his debut for 21 yards with no touchdowns and no interceptions. That's key. Uh, he did operate with the first team as well. And he did take some licks out there. He took some hard licks. Remember, leading into the draft, a lot of people were worried about Bryce Young and the durability. Now, he took some real shots out there and he was able to pop back up. You're hoping that as a franchise, he's going to be able to do that for the 16, 17 games, whatever it is. Uh, it looks like he's going to be thrown right into action here. But I like what Carolina has if you're looking at the screen right now with Matt Curl. They got him out of Ole Miss. I think that Matt Curl could have started last year. If you were following this team last year, he ruptured a tendon or something like that in his foot which cost him the season, which thrust Sam Darnold and P.J. Walker into the starting position. Uh, and remember, they went back and forth with the quarterback play for quite some time until they kind of figured it out towards the end. So I, I like the insurance policy. I did like what I've seen with Bryce Young thus far, the fact that he was able to take the contact and get up. 
Um, I know that he didn't, you know, just uh, go ahead and light up the scoreboard or anything like that. That's not necessarily what the preseason is about. But I think he answered one of the uh, the the skepticisms that he had been facing leading into the draft. So I like that thus far. And he's going to take a lot of licks because this offensive line, quite frankly, is not very good. So we'll talk about that a little bit more. Next with Carolina, one of their key pieces is, is going to be Chubber Herbert. I, I think that he had an excellent year last year. Um, you, you know, you see him forming on the screen. This is courtesy of Madden uh, 23. So these rosters are not up to date, but this is what they had last year. But Chubba Hubbard will be there. Um, here is a guy that he for sure is going to get a lot of carries. He carried them along with Foreman. I think that he's going to have a stellar, um, excellent season this year. And I think with Coach Wright coming over to Indianapolis, he's got to utilize the run game a little bit more, especially if they're going to throw Bryce Young out there. I think whenever you put a young quarterback under center, one of the best ways to make a young quarterback comfortable and learn in the NFL system is to have kind of that safety blanket back there with the running backs. It takes a lot of pressure off of them. It doesn't uh, necessarily put your quarterback in a position where they're going to have to go out there and they're going to have to win a lot of games with their arm. Um, you know, if you fall behind in games, so be it. You know, obviously he's going to learn on the fly there if Carolina is getting blown out. But, you know, to ease him in the games or maybe to, to keep the game close and to make play the game for you, a good running game certainly goes a long way for a young quarterback. I think that Chubb Herbert is going to be a huge factor in helping him. Next up, we'll move to the next team here, and that is the Atlanta Falcons. The Atlanta Falcons have some of the most interesting pieces on the offensive end in all of this division, starting with Desmond Ritter. It's going to be his show. Got a chance to look at him play for Cincinnati uh, the year before. He came in late for Marcus Mariota. And to be honest with you, he plays a lot like Marcus Mariota, but he has maybe a little bit more uh, I, I shouldn't say a better arm, but maybe he's more NFL ready in the sense that I think he's ready to make the kind of NFL reads right off the bat. I think Marcus Mariota, when he first came out with the Titans, it was a little bit of a learning curve. But with Desmond Ritter, he seems to me like he has the mindset, the certain level of calmness and poise of a person that has been in the league for about two or three years. And I think that that's something that, uh, a lot of the Falcons are really saying in the camps, they really feel comfortable with this guy being at center. And it doesn't feel like this guy is going into his second year. That's a plus uh, because this roster is very young, especially on the defensive end. I, I think that Atlanta gave up a lot of points last season and to ride the ship, they're going to have to score at a high clip or they're going to have to hold the opposing defense on the field a lot longer. Now, I like the fact that they have gone out and they have gotten Bajan Robinson. Now, that is going to be key for them. I just talked about how the defense, it struggled last season. The best way to wear out an opposing defense is to keep your offense on the field. I think Bajan Robinson is going to be dynamic. I feel like they're going to split him out. 
I feel like they're going to use him in the single back. I feel like they're going to put two backs behind you. I feel like they're going to use Bay John Robinson in every way possible. You look at the fact that you have him and you have Desmond Ritter, who has wheels as well. These guys are going to run a lot of RPOs. They're going to run a lot of play fakes at you. They're going to get that defense going right to left the whole game. They're going to be very exciting. And I think that that's going to be Atlanta's calling card if they're going to win football games is offensively they're going to have to figure it out um, or they're going to have to go. They're going to have to be in track meet mode. And defensively, I think that they're going to have to figure it out as they go along. Now, another key piece here to that offense is Drake London. Here's a guy that was exceptional out of USC. You're looking at a guy, he was 6'4", 219 uh, in his rookie season here. Uh, He had some up moments. I had him on my fantasy football team. I thought that he was going to have some dynamite moments. But as we have learned when you're playing fantasy football and really when you're looking at an elite wide receiver, it depends a lot on the quarterback play. And he's going to need Desmond Ritter to be able to go down the field. I just talked about how Desmond uh, Ritter plays or he feels like he has a lot more composure Uh, And it feels like he's been in the league a lot longer than he's been. I think that that's going to give him the confidence. And I think Drake London's going to see that in year two. And he's going to start to get a lot of more footballs thrown his way. I feel like that with the new coach here, I feel like they're going to try to get Drake London um, available in screens. They're going to try to get him into quick slants. And then as they're running Bajon Robinson and as they're running those run pass options, I think they're going to try to get you to bite big and go down the field with those play fakes. This is perfect for a guy like Drake London. I didn't see any route that he could not run when he was at USC. I mean, he can, he can finish in the red zone. He has the speed to go by you and he has the toughness to go inside the numbers and take big shots from linebackers and safety I think that this guy is going to be dynamite down the line. They just got to get the football to him. Next up, you're looking at a guy that everybody is wondering what is going on with Kyle Pitts. Okay, he had the knee surgery, and supposedly the knee surgery went well, but he's not participating in a lot of drills. He's not really participating on the uh, the team practices when they're when they scrimmage teams before they play in the preseason games. And it's a bit worrisome, okay, because Cal Pitts had a solid, solid rookie year. You could argue that he might be a top three to five tight end in the NFL after his rookie season, but he fell off mightily in year two, and that's scary. Okay, because they're going to need Cal Pitts. I think that he's going to definitely be an extension of the pass game. I feel like he's going to line up in pretty much every position possible. When you think of him, I'm thinking of like a George Kittle. Um, I'm thinking of a Travis Kelsey. Like I'm thinking of a De'Aaron Waller. Like this guy is going to have to be dynamic if Atlanta is going to win games and they need him to be healthy. Hopefully he has come back from this knee. Um, You know, they were saying it was pretty minor and they're saying that he's ready to go, but you just haven't seen a lot of them. I know they haven't really trotted a lot of starters out there and they're not going to in the preseason, but I think that it is important for him to get out there and start to get some camaraderie with Desmond Ritter, you know, because when it comes down to running routes in the NFL, 
the one thing about it is the guys who are on the same page, uh, they seem to get it done uh, the most efficient way possible. And I think that that only happens when you're out on the field and you're getting that kind of um, you're, you're getting that kind of rapport, you know, back and forth with each other. And so Cal Pitts has got to be out there. I think that he's going to be a huge factor if Atlanta is going to make any noise in the NFC South. He has to be out there. This is a guy that easily could catch 100 plus balls uh, if he's out there and if he's healthy. So that that's going to be key for Atlanta if they're going to push forward in this division. Next up, we're talking about the running back, and we've been talking about Bajon Robinson. But how about um, Patterson here? Uh, I mean, this guy has been terrific. I mean, he has been absolutely terrific. He's been terrific as a running back. He's been terrific as a kick returner. He's been terrific as a wide receiver. This guy is an every thing guy he's a guy that you would want uh to play on any football team i mean he's put in exceptional work across the league for many different teams and i mean cordell patterson here is a guy that i think is going to be an x factor here and this is why i'm saying atlanta probably has one of the most dangerous offenses in this division it's just they don't have the defense to go with them. So you're hoping that they're going to score a lot of points. They're going to wear down defenses. They're just going to outscore people. They're going to have to. Um, but I, I feel like this is really going to open up. I mean, you look at what they have behind him. They have Aguilar as well. Here is a guy that had a tremendous season as well. They are loaded in the running back, wide receiver, uh, tight end, rooms there I, I mean Atlanta really has no excuses not to put up points they have so many weapons out here it is just going to be a matter of them getting on the same page and executing next up we're looking at the Saints the Saints are by far one of my favorites to win this division and it starts with this guy right here Michael Thompson when you look at Michael Thomas, excuse me, Michael Thomas, <clears throat> he was one of the best wide receivers, if not the best in the NFL, probably two or three years ago. This is a guy that got 100 plus catches multiple times. And pretty much if you threw the slant, it was just an automatic first down or an automatic touchdown. He was that electric with Drew Brees. Uh, as the injuries piled up after he signed that big contract, I think he's only probably played in maybe uh, 12, 15 games at, at max. And so he's had various injuries, but they're saying this year he's looked the most spry. He's looked really refreshed. He's looking good. He has been an advocate to get um, Derek Carr over here to be his quarterback and he feels like he's ready to go. He feels like he can be a top number one guy. Um, I mean, we'll see about that. If he returns to form, the Saints quietly, they might have one of the best offenses in this, in this division as well. Because behind him, you have the standout receiver from last year, Chris Olave. Chris Olave can absolutely fly. Like, he ran past people like they were standing still last year. The problem was there was nobody to get him the football. Andy Dalton couldn't get it to him. Jameis Winston was hurt. Um, they went down to a third-stream quarterback. 
Um, they didn't really give Tyson Hill a chance, and I don't know if he's necessarily the best at the quarterback position, but they just didn't have anybody to get the football to, to him. And so if there is somebody that can deliver it like Derek Carr can, I, I mean, certainly he probably is looking at maybe one of his most offensive talented, you know, wide receiver room in, in quite some time. I, I mean, I get it. He did have Hunter Renthro. Um, he did have Devontae Adams last season. Um, you know, that is quite talented. I, I will give that. But these guys can absolutely fly, and they've been doing it for some years. There's not a route that Mike Thomas can't execute. And Chris Alave, like I said, is going to take the lid off a lot of defenses. So, I mean, plus you have Tyson Hill playing tight end as well. Yeah, I, I mean, Derek Carr really has no excuses this year, especially when he's probably going to have one of the best backs in the game when he comes back from suspension in week three with Alvin Kamara. Alvin Kamara has been, if you're looking at a fantasy football standpoint, maybe one of the top 15 running backs probably of the last five to, to eight years. And it's because he can pretty much do everything. I had... Alvin Kamara, when he scored four touchdowns, I believe, on Thanksgiving Day. And, and just pretty much it was one of those things where if you have a player, you know you've won that week. He was that guy, right? Like he was, he was that guy. And Alvin Kamara, I think, showed signs of that. I think, again, the quarterback play limited him. Remember, you know, between Mike Thomas and him, these guys were used to playing with Drew Brees. And you knew Drew Brees can toss that thing. So when you take away the quarterback play, now teams were stacking the line to scrimmage, which made it tougher for Alvin Kamara to get the running lanes. And then when it came back to drop back passing, because the passing game struggled so much, they struggled to really get teams to buy into some of the concepts and the plays that the Saints like to run. Is essentially it's the same system because Coach Allen, he was under Sean Payton. So it's the same system. It's just the quarterback play was different. And I think that they're going to see a bump in that this year. I think that that makes the Saints dangerous. Plus, they've added Jamal Williams over here from Detroit. And remember, guys, Jamal Williams led the NFL in touchdowns last year. He is going to have that backfield all to himself for the first three weeks and then you're adding Alvin Kamara from week three on, this is going to be a scary backfield. It could be a scary offense. Next up on the Saints is Jameis Winston. Jameis Winston is still on the roster along with Tyson Hill. And I circle this because it, I just talked about Jameis Winston struggling. You know, he had the rib injuries, uh, which basically sidelined him or something like that. I think they were saying that at one point last season, he was playing with a broken back. Um, tough guy, tough guy. Certainly can get it done. When Jameis Winston is good and on, he's on. But when he is off, he is really off. He throws a lot of interceptions, uh, throws a lot of, uh, of just footballs that you definitely shouldn't throw into coverage. But it, it is going to be a nice security blanket because – Listen, Derek Carr was replaced at the end of last season, okay? And he is he's about a couple seasons removed from his uh, 
possible MVP running. He was in the MVP running, I think, before he hurt his leg going into the playoffs one year. But he got him to the playoffs the year before uh, with all the controversy. It didn't work out when they got Devontae Adams over there. They really felt like the playbook was going to be opened up. Uh, he didn't perform at a high level there. I don't necessarily think that it was Derek Carr's fault. I mean, I think he's juggled through a lot of different offensive coordinators since he's been in the league. I'd have to do my research there. Uh, Josh Jacobs really came on last season in a contract year. Um, you know, it, it wasn't like he was getting that type of performance each and every year that Derek Carr has been there. So um, there's a lot of different factors here. But point being, Derek Carr has to perform. If not, I think the Saints have a pretty good insurance policy here with Jameis Winston. Uh, Jameis Winston in the same circumstance in the sense that he has a lot more offensive weapons to work with than he did last season as well. So moving forward, Tyson Hill, we talked about it. This guy is pretty much an everything player, tight end, quarterback, running back. He's going to be used in a lot of different things. Um, you know, that's going to make the Saints that much more dynamic offensively. And then we reached the Buccaneers. And so with the Buccaneers, my biggest question is, is Cal Trask. You brought Baker Mayfield over, and essentially he's going to be your starting quarterback. Now, it worries me that you drafted Cal Trask out of Florida, and he was expected to be the heir apparent of Tom Brady. Um, but that didn't happen. So I, I'm wondering about this right here with Cal Trask. Um, and it, it's really scary because Baker Mayfield has had some injuries in the past. Remember, he had the shoulder that was tore up, and that cost him some time. In um, in Cleveland, actually, he he fought his way through that, the torn rotator or whatever he had. So he's a tough guy. Uh, but ultimately, you know, he he really wasn't able to make the throws and, and really open up the offense the way you wanted him to open it up in Cleveland. And also, too, when he got shipped over to the Rams, he showed signs of that. Uh, but then again, there was times where he just couldn't open up the offense as well. And so, you know, I'm wondering, is Baker Mayfield the answer? And if he's not, is Cal Trask the answer? So I, I'm not sure about this. You know, I, I think that the Bucs really have a, a serious kind of question mark at the quarterback position. I think at some point they're going to have to address that. They've done a little bit of a patchwork here, um, you know, Baker Mayfield plays with a lot of guts. I like that they do still have a pretty good wide receiver core with Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. I think Chris Godwin was one of the best wide receivers in the league before he uh, tore up his knee, not last year, but the year before. Did a great job getting back out there last year and hanging in there as much as he possibly could. But usually they tell you it's the year after the knee injury when you start to really get back to your effectiveness. So this year should be the year that Chris Godwin is actually back to himself. You know, Mike Evans is going to stretch the field. Uh, they no longer have Gronkowski at the tight end. They no longer have Leonard Fournette at the running back position. And they have a, a, an okay defense. I think that the defense is probably going to be one of the best in the division. When you look at Todd Boyles, 
who was the defensive coordinator for the Bucs. Uh, he also has won the Super Bowl with the Bucs. He also was a Super Bowl winner with the Washington football team back in the day um, as a cornerback as well. So this guy knows defense for sure. So you're going to get the best coach and best playing defense is going to be with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My problem with them is just going to be points. And that's what you saw with, with Tom Brady towards the end. They couldn't manufacture a lot of points. Um, and so with that being said, man, it, it's one of those things where I think that they're going to be really relying heavily on these two, uh, Godwin and Edwins, or Evans, excuse me. And then they really have an unknown source, too, at the running back position as well. And that kind of worries me because, you know, they have um, – you know, they have a guy, I think it's Rashad White there that is coming into his, I want to say his second season. And he he showed flashes last year. It is going to be his backfield for this year. Um, I'm not sure what type of running game that Baker Mayfield is going to get as well. That really concerns me. Um, I'm, I'm not really sold on what they have behind him as well I think Chase Edmonds is on the roster um so I yeah I mean the running game is very questionable with the Buccaneers the quarterback play is very questionable with the Buccaneers the tight end play is not very good it, it's taking a, a big hit defensively they're going to be pretty stellar so I think that the bottom line is they they're going to struggle to score points ultimately I think that this division is going to come down to the it's going to come down to the Saints and the Buccaneers. Um, I'm throwing up some gameplay right now. This essentially would be the game that would, I'd say, decide this division. Um, you know, I, I think it's going to come down to the Saints and the Bucks. I like the Saints because I think the Saints have a lot more uh, offensive firepower. Now, they don't necessarily have the best defense in that division, Yes, I get they probably have the best corner in the division with Lattimore. Um, they definitely have the upfront presence, um, you know, with their defensive lineman that they just signed here in the offseason again. Um, but I, I just I feel like offensively, the Saints are probably going to have enough to get this division. I don't know by how many wins, but I, I think that the Saints are certainly going to be the winner of this division by uh, a slim margin. You know, I definitely think the Bucs are going to be there. I think Atlanta finishes third in this division. And I think that Carolina is going to go through some more growing pains. And I think that they're going to finish last in this division, honestly. So with that being said, that ends uh, our NFC South preview. Let's go ahead and jump now into the rookie preseason performances. I'll leave some video up on the screen here. So we talked about Bryce Young, and we talked about the fact that he went four of six uh, for 21 yards, no touchdowns, no interceptions. I like the fact that he was able to show that he could take a lot of punishment. That was good. Now, moving forward, looking at the Houston Texans. So, you looked at C.J. Stroud, and C.J. Stroud, he struggled, okay? He threw he threw an interception in that one. Uh, he also did take uh, quite a bit of punishment. That is something that I, I think that is going to be 
a constant present here in, in his his initial year because I think that the offensive line is still building. Um, I think that they're still trying to build the running game, which is going to be it's going to be good. Um, but they're going to need a lot more as far as you know wide receiver play. They traded off Brandon Cooks. Um, you know they no longer have DeAndre Hopkins. That's been long gone. And so now they're down to um, just, you know, they've got a, a rookie here that they've got Tank Dell. Um, they've got Nico out there as well. And so they have a young wide receiving core. And I believe Dalton Schultz is out there too. So young at the wide receiver core. And I think CJ Stroud showed that he's a rookie. He's a rookie just like all the other rookies here. And I think that he played well in spurts, but I also think that it was just a rough debut only because he got picked there and it was an ill-advised throw. I mean, it was the same thing for Anthony Richardson as well. Um, he got kind of tossed in there and it looked like his throw was errant. And I think with, with, with Anthony Richardson, the one thing that I saw with him is his interception. He tried to go and do a lot of what he did when he was in college where he could just get away with the athleticism. And when I say that, when he threw the ball, he didn't even have his feet set. He really, it was almost like he, he was kind of like backpedaling and he threw it off of two feet versus kind of planting into the ground, stepping into it and throwing in there. And I think that that kind of got him into trouble. So I think that that's one thing that I think that Anthony Richardson kind of learned and with C.J. Stroud, I think he just learned, man, that, you know, the corners at the next level, they break on those footballs a lot more faster than what they do in college. And so ultimately speaking, you know, I think with the quarterback performances, I think what you saw is that they're just rookies. And so I would give them pretty much an A, you know, for the effort. It's the preseason. It is what you expected of them. I mean, I think a lot of people think that when you get these rookie quarterbacks, they're honestly just going to turn around the franchise like that. And it just doesn't happen like that, guys. Like, I mean, if you're playing in a video game, of course, you can pick up and take a guy and you can take a team that was, you know, three and whatever, and you can make them, you know, 13 and whatever the next season, you know, if you're playing in that land. But it takes a lot of moving pieces for quarterbacks to just kind of step in and make plays at the NFL level. You know, it's one of those things where a lot of the throws that you were able to get away with in college, you're not able to get away with in the pro level because guys are just that much more faster and that much more quicker. And a lot of the balls sometimes that you think are uncatchable are really catchable, you know, for both sides, for not only the wide receiver that you're throwing to, but also to the defender is so much more better. They can actually get to those things that you think are uncatchable. So the stuff that you may even be trying to throw away or think that you're throwing away, those might turn in the pick. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things where I think it was a learning experience there. I think that they're, they're going to get a lot better there. I think that, you know, C.J. Stroud, I like what they did there with C.J. Stroud. I like the fact that they did split the time with them, with Davis Mills. Um, and, you know, they're not they didn't just go ahead and throw him the job like they did Anthony Richardson here. So I like that they're going to ease CJ in uh, with Bryce Young. It looks like he's a bit more of a starter. 
But I, like I said before, I think that he's got a little bit more of an offensive weapons and, you know, there's some things in place around uh, Bryce Young that could actually make him a little bit more successful to start. So, you know, I, like I said, each rookie quarterback, I think that they did decent for the most part. I'm not going to put a ton of weight into week one of the preseason. Um, some of the other standouts here is Tank Dell. So Tank Dell is a guy that Houston's picked up here. Um, I think he was projected to be a 2023 all-rookie team guy. Here's a guy that had a heck of a catch. Um, if you were looking, I believe, at that Hall of Fame game, it was like a 24-yard um, catch. He also had a terrific touchdown that he kind of picked up off the ground. That was tough. How about Seattle, right, and Zach uh, Charbonnet? Here's a guy that a lot of people feel like he might actually have the chance to be the starting running back for Seattle. And if you've been following Seattle, you know that Seattle is really predicated off the run. Geno Smith was the comeback player of the year. And a lot of that came down to the fact that they had terrific running back play. So you add Zach um, into the mix here. And here's a guy that, he showed that he could punish defenders, right? On his little, he had a one like a four yard run that pretty much led to a first down. That looked pretty good. Where he punished the defender there. He showed that he had some good hands coming out of the backfield, making some catches there. That's going to be a staple, I think, of Seattle's offense here. So I think that Seattle really might have got something special here with this young man out of UCLA. If you watch some of his games. Uh, he was tough out there, man. I, I think that this is a guy that can instantly kind of come in and fit, and I think he's going to make some plays here. Um, next up, another guy that kind of stood out here for us, kind of looking at the Philadelphia Eagles game. I, I thought that that defender that they got out of Georgia, I thought that he played terrific. But how about um, the corner that they have here, Ringo, Kelly Ringo looked really good. I, I thought that he did a great job on Zay Flowers. I think that he did a pretty good job as far as holding leverage there for the most part. Um, you know, he did show some hustle to, to get a stop and avoid a block there to, to stop a, a red zone um, appearance by the, the offense here. I think they were playing the Ravens. So he looked pretty good. I, I'd circle this as a win here for Philadelphia because – you already know that Philadelphia can play offense, but the fact that they went out and got some defenders here to play uh, on the defensive end here, they get, they get the kid from Georgia Carter. They got their DB as well. These guys were flying around the football here in game one. I really like what Philadelphia has. I think that they're going to be really scary and I'm kind of tipping the hat here. I, I like Philadelphia to come out of the East again, or out of the NFC. Uh, again, I, I think that they're really, really that good. Just looking at some of this preseason action here from some of their young defenders. Another guy that I think is a surprise sleeper for the Chargers, okay? Darius Davis. Definitely keep an eye out for this name, Darius Davis. Guy played for TCU. Uh, TCU was absolutely dynamite last year. But the Chargers have got a new offensive scheme Word around camp is they've got something here that is going to unlock Justin Herbert here. And if you're thinking about a healthy Mike Williams, right, you're thinking about the fact that they're going to get um, 
Austin Eckler back, hopefully at a, at a high clip, healthy there, right? And then you add this guy as well. Here's a guy that went for 81 yards on his return for a score here. Definitely showed that he had some dynamic speed here. Um, he played in the slot as well. That's going to be huge. Like, I think that the Chargers might have got some, some gold here, right, to go along with that strong wide receiver core. So I like what the Chargers got here. I think it's another rookie that I, I feel like can make an impact immediately out there with Justin Herbert. And so next up to another wide receiver here was Quentin Johnston, right? Um, I think this is another guy that the the Chargers have gotten that I think is going to be solid as well. Um, he looked pretty good. Another guy that I think could honestly go along with like a guy like Josh Palmer. Um, you know, again, I, I think that the Chargers, they might have one of the most dangerous wide receiving cores in the league uh, obviously, you're disgusted if you're a fan last year up 27 nothing, and you get routed on the road when you're supposed to win against the Jags. But with this passing attack here, um, I just couldn't see how the Chargers could drop the ball again this year. So I think that they went offensive heavy, um, you know, slotting in two for Keenan Allen. There's a guy I forgot to include. So, you know, Keenan Allen's getting a little bit older uh, he had some injuries. If Keenan Allen goes down, if Mike Williams goes down, I think that Justin Herbert still has some people to throw to. And I think that they're in a good situation. So those are a couple rookies that have kind of caught my eye here in week one of the preseason. We'll be talking about some more rookies in week two. But now let's talk about some of these NFL moves. And so going into week two, starting tomorrow, the big news is that Dalvin Cook has signed with the Jets. And then we have Ezekiel Elliott, who is signed with the Patriots. And so I like the Jets move, starting with Dalvin Cook. I think that Dalvin Cook, it definitely was a foregone conclusion that they were going to get Dalvin Cook. I think that the Jets are in a situation where they – really have something going here. I, I, I mean, I think on paper, the Jets look really, really good. Now, I will say this. If history does repeat itself, the last time the Jets traded for and got a Green Bay quarterback, it was Brett Favre. Last time Brett Favre was there, they were actually pretty good. They were they were playoff contention team. I, I think they, they might have went to the playoffs – I'd have to go back and check and see. Um, I do remember Brett Favre did get hurt at the end of the year. He had to get a surgery on his shoulder, um, ended up going to Minnesota and having some good years there. Now, if it's anything like when Brett Favre went there, the Jets are going to be good. A lot of people are talking about Garrett Wilson, which I think he is going to have a great year. Here's a guy that uh, easily, I think, is going to be in the 100-plus the catch club. I think that he is going to be the wide receiver one. You add Dalvin Cook there, who is for sure can be running back one. But then you know at some point they're going to get Bryce or Brees Hall back. And Brees Hall, he basically might have won the, the rushing title if he still would have been healthy. 
Now he tore his ACL. They're saying that he's looking good. They're saying that he's looking on schedule. Uh, I think that there had been talks that he would possibly be ready for week one. I'm thinking that they're probably going to ease this guy back out there. That's why you go out and get a Dalvin Cook. I think that they're probably realistically looking for him to kind of get back into things by about week three, week four, week five, somewhere in there, and really be uh, a guy that they can depend on towards the end of the year. But you add that with um, you add that with the quarterback play that they have. You add that with the wide receiver play that they have. You add that with the defense that they had, and. I think that they're going to be special, man. I, I really do. I think that this is a team that is destined to do some damage out there. And I, I like where they're going with this one. I like where they're going with this one. And I like the fact that they still have um, Zach Wilson on the roster, you know, just in case, just in case, man, things don't work out. They still have Zach Wilson there, who I think is a, a serviceable backup. I think that he's probably learned a lot here. I think he's going to learn a bit more. And I, I just think that, you know, the Jets are in a good position. I think this is a terrific signing by going out and getting Dalvin Cook. Next up, um, talking about running backs, talking about Ezekiel Elliott. And so with Ezekiel Elliott, he had he had like a an uppage in touchdowns last year, but everything else was was down for him. Okay, and Chris Pollard, or excuse me, Pollard was the guy for Dallas last year, not Chris Pollard. But Pollard was the guy for Dallas last year. And Zeke, he was the second fiddle guy. It was clear that Zeke was on his way out the door. It was clear that Zeke really wasn't the type of running back that he was in the first three or four years of his career. And you knew that was going to be coming because Zeke takes a lot of punishment. Now, with Ramadi Stevenson, and the Pats. It can help the Pats in a way that they're going to get a gold line finisher, a lot like Legarius Blunt. Now, I think that that's going to help them. I think that that's certainly going to help them in short yardage. I think it's going to help them if they're going to want to eat up the clock. I think that this is going to help them if they want to use a running back in a little bit of a pass catching situation, which you know that they're going to do that as well. Um, so I, I think that, that that's going to help Mac Jones out a bit. Um, it does help you in the case that uh, Ramadi Stevenson does go out like he did last year with that ankle. Um, that's going to help you. Um, so I, I think that it, it's going to help the, the Pats, but I don't know if it's going to move the needle for the Pats. Like I still have an issue with the, the Pats because I'm saying to myself – the one thing that the Pats couldn't do is they couldn't throw the ball. And really, they couldn't lift the top off defenses. Like, Ramadi Stevenson was terrific. And in a lot of ways, he was their best running back, their best wide receiver, their best tight end, their best goal line scorer. Like, he was their best everything. And I, I think if Mac Jones is not able to get the ball down the field, at some point, when do the Patriots actually go out there and get them a strong number one? Now, is Juju Schuster the answer? I don't know. Juju Schuster was supposed to be the number one guy at the Chiefs. I didn't really see that. Um, 
I, I didn't really see that with the the Pittsburgh Steelers either. You know, he, he showed flashes, but I didn't really see that. And so I'm not sure where that's going to lead to with Zeke because Zeke, to be effective for you, I've mentioned that his touchdowns went up, but that was because he was near the goal line. So you have to do things that are going to get your team down to the goal line. So we'll see with the Pats on that one. Like, I, I think that the Dalvin Cook signing is a lot better than what you're going to get with Ezekiel Elliott off the top. I could be wrong with that. And so with that being said, guys, that essentially is today's show here. I've rambled on about the NFC South and talked a bit about the preview and who I think is going to win here. You're looking at that right now. If you're looking at the podcast, you're looking at possibly the two best teams, I think, in the NFC South. And I think the Saints ultimately would win here. Um, you, we talked here about the NFL rookie preseason performances. We talked about the quarterbacks and how I thought that they'll be fine. We also talked about some other rookies as well that I think are going to be uh, making impacts for teams and why we think so. We also talked about some of these moves with these running back signings here with Dalvin Cook and Ezekiel Elliott, respectively to their teams. And we talked a little bit here about the, uh, the preseason. So, with that being said, guys, we'll be back for another show. I want to go ahead and thank the sponsors out there who put sponsorship on the show. I want to thank the fans out there who have listened to the show on a week-to-week basis. This is Rico with Real Talk Sports. We'll be back for another show, guys. Take care. <laughs>